You're listening to It is our mid-month episode, our lockdown episode for March uh, 2020. Um, uh, we're recording this on Friday the 13th, March 2020. Um, it's probably going to come out a couple days afterwards. But uh, we are uh, in the middle of, I guess, super flu season here in LA and across the world, I guess. Um, how are you doing, Rita? I'm doing okay. Uh, I work at a bookstore, so uh, it has not been a good time <laughs> for author, for authors and independent bookstores and just uh, small businesses in general. Um, but I'm glad that like bloggers and uh, podcasts like us are, you know, picking up the slack, I guess, and uh, promoting <laughs> books that should have been on tour this month. Yeah. So um, yay for community. How are you doing we'll health-wise, Mira? Are you, are you keeping... Keeping healthy. I mean, do you have your <laughs> month supply of toilet paper like everyone else is getting right now? Have you seen I, the lines I, at Costco? Yeah, it's insane. I saw. It is insane. And also, like, do you really need that much toilet paper? Even for, like, a month's supply, I think that is that is exceedingly too much. It's really annoying. <laughs> um yeah, like for for me, I go grocery shopping like maybe like once every week and a half. I never really buy any more than I need, <laughs> so it's it's just been really really annoying to just see people online talking about how much they went, to, like how they went to Trader Joe's and everything is like wiped clean. And I'm like, this is not helping uh, a lot of families who can't afford to buy groceries until they get their paycheck and elderly folks who can't have access to the food that they need. Like it's like, I have like my own hot takes on it and it's just <laughs> been me like for the past few days, it's just been me on Twitter, just like getting angrier and angrier uh, because of people's selfishness and just like how bad our country has just been, like with the testing and not having it available, it's just been a mess. And of course, because I have like family in Korea, I get updates and it's like, why can't we have the drive through testings here? Like nationwide? <laughs> why is that? No, why is that not possible? Why do we not have the WHO's free testing? It's, it's, it's a lot. I, I have a lot of anger over it but um i'm just really glad that there are books that exist for <laughs> uh these types of situations where you're it's, in lockdown <laughs> i mean i i was thinking about it and it's kind of a little frightening how accurate some of these books have been in predicting what a reaction to a pandemic would look like. And like, of course, you know, we've learned nothing from reading these books. We have not come together and worked together towards a common good. We are all looking after ourselves. And that is harrowing. Yeah. Um, 
go listen to our <laughs> severance by Ling Ma discussion and also our interview with Mike Chen, uh, the author of uh, A Beginning at the End. Yeah. Uh, it's it's quite something. But like you said, um, there's never been a better time to curl up with a good book, um, especially since we're going to be spending a lot of time by ourselves in the near future. Um, case in point, in case you haven't noticed, this is the first time in a while that Reba and I have recorded remotely. I am recording from my house. Reba is recording from hers um, because the studio that we um, usually use in downtown LA is on lockdown. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, okay, enough of let's us complaining move on to good about stuff. our lot in life. Let's get into our book deals for March 2020. Uh, Rira, why don't you start us off? All right. In a three-book deal, Holt acquired Surviving the Wild by author-illustrator Remy Lai, uh, the author of Pie in the Sky. Inspired by true events, this early reader graphic novel series comprises stories of animals heroically escaping dangerous situations that have arisen due to man-made environmental changes. The publication of the first book, Bima the Elephant, is planned for 2022. I wish I had, like, early reader graphic novels growing up. I I had one. I think I mentioned this before. It was, like, a collection of Jules Verne's tales. Um, But that was, like, the only thing that I had. These kids, they have it good, you know? I feel like they're like in in a couple of years maybe there might be like an early reader series about surviving a pandemic <laughs> and just like how to prepare we for can't, it. We and, can't get back like on this track. <laughs> I'm just saying that that is something that might happen in the course of so many authors being cooped up in their house with you know mm, just their true. computers. That's true. Next up, Aladdin acquired debut middle grade author Jenna Yoon's Korean mythology-inspired novel, Leah Park and the Missing Jewel. Pitched as Harriet the Spy meets Race to the Sun, this contemporary fantasy follows a 12-year-old who was a part of a magical spy organization and must use her skills as she chases clues with her best friend to rescue her parents from an evil diviner spirit. Publication is scheduled for summer 2022. Rira, um, do you know which uh, Korean mythology this is inspired by? Not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing with jewels. I think we. I I think we've mentioned this like multiple times on this podcast. My my knowledge for Korean like mythology and folklore almost non-existent. Mm. I know maybe like two, and that's about it. Maybe it's like an Inuyasha world where it's like you have like the fox spirits and the the what do you guys call goblins? In you had a whole um, um, K drama about it, right? Yeah, Tokebi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but the English title is Goblin. <laughs> um Magical Spy Organization. I mean, there were spy networks uh in like quote unquote feudal Korea. So mm-hmm. it might just be like a spin on that. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like a very uneducated person when it comes to Korean mythology. Uh yeah, I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> Maybe one of our listeners can enlighten us. Or we can talk to Jenna Yoon one of these days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up, Little Bee Yellow Jacket bought North American rights to writer Fu Wong and illustrator Isa Enriquez's graphic novel, Black Blood. In a world where magic is outlawed, a young mage traverses the kingdom of Alia to rescue his sister. Publication is set for fall 2021. Ooh. 
A lot of magic. I love it. We need it. <laughs> we need it desperately we at this need, time. Too bad that it's not world. coming out until 2021. Okay. <laughs> that sounds cool, though. Uh, next up, Inky WordPress acquired debut author Kylie Lee Baker's The Keeper of the Night and its sequel. Set in 19th century Japan that is haunted by the goddess of death, the novel stars a half-reaper, half-shinigami caught between her two worlds and belonging to neither as she fights monsters and struggles for acceptance. Publication is set for fall 2021. Wait, so half reaper, half shinigami. So like, is that like some sort of hapa situation where you're half like the Western god of death and half the, um, the Eastern god of death? I'm not sure. Uh, it wasn't really clear if like half the half shinigami part was just like, uh explaining what a shinigami was oh so it could be like oh they're like half <laughs> reaper half shinigami but like i i'm not sure that is probably uh, what it is because there is a comma in between the two so um it's probably yeah. clarification i totally read that wrong i thought it was going to be a battle between death and like izanami the go- japanese goddess of death and this this person has to pick sides this is still cool i guess not <laughs> yeah i mean like, there's a lot of cool stuff out there that's based on, like, Shinigami uh, lore. Like Bleach. So, that's always cool. <laughs> like, Bleach and, like, Yu Hakusho, mm. which Bleach ripped off of. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's Soul Eater. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, there's also Death Note, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, lots of good stuff to pull from. But if you think about it... Aren't we always haunted by the god of death? Hmm? Isn't that just our constant state of being? Just things to think about wow. in these um, pandemic times, I guess. So, so deep, <laughs> Marvin. Uh, next up, McElderry Books bought 2020 Morris Award finalist Nafisa Azad's YA novel, The Wild Ones, A Broken Anthem for a Girl Nation. The novel is a multi-perspective feminist narrative about a fierce band of magic-wielding girls— the Wild Ones, who have survived unspeakable things and are determined to save other girls from the cruelties and tragedies they have had to endure. Publication is set for summer 2021. I feel like there are a lot of these stories coming out now um, involving, like, I guess, witch organizations? Yeah, like, I think, I think like, mage, ma- like, magic organization has always been part of literature, it, it's like you, you're seeing a, an uptick for the next year or uh, two years, uh, ju- judging by like the book deals that people have been getting. Cool. Our next deal, HarperCollins acquired North American rights to MBA and Newbery Honor author Tang Ha Lai's first picture book, 100 Years of Happiness. Illustrated by Quan and Lian, the book is about An and her grandfather as they try to untangle her grandmother's memories with songs, stories, and photographs but only when they sprout seeds of a squash called kwagak and make a dish called soigak does she finally remember her past. Ooh. Yeah, those were some tongue twisters in there. <laughs> I, um, I, I am not Vietnamese. Yeah, um, I know. It's, so it's, it's always tricky claim. with these. With, uh, it's always tricky with pronunciation. Um, I'm pretty sure I've mispronounced someone's name. Um Rira did include some pronunciation an, guides on this um, this I entry, tried, so uh, I but thank you for that. Neither of us are Vietnamese, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really cool that uh, more picture books that depict like 
immigrant families and, you know, um, second gen hanging out with their grandparents. It's always sweet. Yeah, and just normalizing things like quagak and soygak. Um, I've actually like never heard of them before, so I had to like Google it. Yeah, and but I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> I mean, for children of Vietnamese descent, it's cool to see something that they grew up with and see that on the page. And for people who aren't from Vietnamese descent, it broadens your concept of what a family meal can look like. So. Works like these are really, really important, and I'm glad that more and more are coming out of it. I'm, I'm glad that a lot of our the book deals that we're that we announce on this podcast is focused on youth readers and younger. Yeah. Uh, next up, first, second acquired Victoria Ying's YA contemporary graphic novel, Hungry Ghost. The book follows Valerie Chu as she grows up with an eating disorder in her Chinese American family, navigates great loss and ultimately comes to terms with how sometimes those you love most can hurt you most. Publication is slated for 2023. Whoa. Those are like the trifecta of growing up Asian American from an immigrant family. Oh my god. The fact that this is a graphic novel to me is uh, really interesting because uh, like with like eating disorder, um, I don't know. It's like It's like something that I really haven't seen in graphic novels like movies definitely and in books also but um yeah it's like a different way to shed light on this disorder and also just like uh, really nice that an asian american author is tackling such like such a big and sensitive topic like that um because it's like a really big deal among asian american women and girls um I forgot, like, the statistics of, of like, Asian-American women having eating disorders. But uh, just growing up uh, growing up as one, uh, there hasn't really been a day where I've sat with my family for dinner and they don't ask me how much I weigh. It's just like a <laughs> – it's just like a normal thing. And, uh, and it's not – just like – and it's not like gender agnostic neither. Like guys get it all the time as well, but like girls get it way more and with more um innuendo baked in, right? Because with guys it's more like, oh, you look like you're doing well, you're so you know, whereas girls it's like you should lose weight or else you're not gonna get a man. Yeah. Um I remember like it was like maybe last year or uh twenty eighteen, there was a trend on Twitter in Korea and it was like called like the anorexia diet. And it was just a bunch of middle school, high school students who were uh just like keeping track of their uh quote unquote diet. It really wasn't a diet. It, they were starving themselves and uh uh, and like a lot of the criticisms that they received, they 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 said like, well, society prioritize prioritizes like looking good in in, in Korean society. So um, you're the ones who are making us do this, and you should just accept that. You know, once we look prettier, it'll be it'll, the results will will be worth it. And it was just like a terrible thing to see at the time. Um, so uh, yeah, like I'm really interested to see how Victoria Ying uh, writes this story. I am really, really interested. Next up, Echo won North American rights to two books by New Yorker contributor Anthony Viesna for mid-six figures. Wow, get that money. 
Uh, the first book, After Parties, is a collection of linked stories that follows young Cambodian Americans grappling with race, sexuality, and their inherited traumas from the Khmer Rouge genocide. Even as they carve out their lives, even as they carve out lives in the California Central Valley and Bay Area. After Parties is scheduled for summer 2021. Anthony's second book, Straight Through Campbelltown, is a sprawling serial comic novel about three Cambodian American cousins who inherit their late aunt's illegitimate loan shark business and then become embroiled in a Hollywood conspiracy. Yo, these sound really good. They really do. Um, <laughs> I actually, like, I have not seen that many books by Cambodian Americans other other than poetry. So, um I I do want to take a look at these once they come out. Uh, so we're going to move on to the last book deal. HarperCollins imprint Quill Tree acquired North American rights to Stanford undergrad Christina Lee's debut, Clues to the Universe. This middle grade novel is about a budding rocket scientist named Roe who becomes friends with an introverted artist, Benji. The two then set out to build a rocket and search for Benji's long-lost father, using clues in his best-selling space comics. Publication is slated for winter 2021. I mean, cool story, but I'm kind of stuck on the fact that this is an undergrad debut. Uh, yeah, Christina <laughs> Christina is only 20 years old, and I'm just like, dang, like, What's when with... did you have time to write this? <laughs> what What's... It's. I'm feeling very, 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 very um, self-conscious right now about my own personal accomplishments in life. And um, <laughs> um, okay, Marvin, <laughs> I think you've I think you've accomplished uh, quite a bit in in the last couple of years. <laughs> oh, but congratulations to Christina Lee. Um, that's amazing, and um, I, I love that there are like literal kids now these days. Christina, you're a kid. You're 20. Um, who are doing it? <laughs> so, like, it's it's um it's a great like I, I think it's a great sign for the next generation of artists who are growing up in a world where they can conceptualize themselves as creatives and artists without having to like feel like they're doing something that's like against what they're supposed to be doing. I think that's really cool. Times have changed. <laughs> well, that'll do it for our um, book deal recap for um, the month of March. Um, let's move on to news. As you guys are probably aware on Twitter, a lot of things have been canceled. A lot of book tours and uh, speaking events have been canceled. And, um, Due to a large number of these cancellations, there have been um, there have been authors on Twitter asking for way asking for creative ways to promote books that are coming out in March and April. Uh, so some of them teamed up to create a virtual kidlit book festival called Everywhere Book Fest. Uh, the details are still uh, in the making, but the festival dates are set for May 1st and May 2nd. And some of the participating authors who are helping create this virtual book festival are uh, Christina Suntornvat, uh, Ellen O, who is the co-founder of We Need Diverse Books, uh, Kat Cho, Grace Lynn, Gail Villanueva, uh, definitely like way more authors who, you know, I have not mentioned, but those are the ones who I've been seeing in my in my Twitter timeline. Um, but if you're if you're an author who wants to take part in this festival, if you're someone who's interested in volunteering, you can follow the festival at 
Everywhere Fest on Twitter. Yeah, and I guess a quick update because we did spend a lot of time talking about last um, book news. Um, the Y'all West Fest has been canceled. So for those of you who are thinking about coming out to that um, or looking forward to our coverage of it, um, we're going to have to do that at a later time. Um, LA Times Book Fest also got canceled, right? Yeah, that was a really big deal. That's mm. like uh, that's the biggest book festival in Southern California, uh, obviously, and it got postponed to October. Uh, well, it's really cool that uh, people are mobilizing to support authors, especially those with books coming out in these next few months. Um, so, yeah, check them out. Yeah. Um, so just to like segue into that. So one of the authors who were coming up with books, uh, this month was Jean Luan Yang. Uh, his new graphic novel, Dragon Hoops, is coming out later this month. And, um, after canceling his book tour, he decided to be touring as a cartoon. So what he's been doing is going on Instagram and he's been sharing comic strips of himself talking about his book. And uh, he actually like answers questions that he received uh, via email. And it's just been like a really cool, creative way to promote his book uh, in absence of a book tour. <laughs> and um, I like it's it's really funny because when I'm uh, like when I go to coronavirus related uh, news in terms of like publishing, uh, they've all mentioned Gene's uh, in- incredible like marketing strategy for <laughs> for his uh, for his new book Dragon Hoops. So um, yeah, yeah, like he he's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, um, speaking of Gene, he also um, just announced that he'll be writing a new Shang-Chi miniseries starting in June, preceding Marvel's theatrical release of Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings next year. Uh, the series will be drawn by Dyke Ruan uh, for the present day scenes and Philip Tan drawing for the flashbacks. There's like a New York Times feature on uh, Jean Luen Yang's uh, news about writing this miniseries. And he said that the new miniseries will explore Shang-Chi's family, including his uh, evil villain father, Zheng Zhu. I don't really know anything about Shang-Chi and, uh, and his place in the Marvel Universe, but... I know that a lot of people are very excited for the film because it it's it I think it's our first Asian American superhero in in Marvel movies, right? In yeah, in the MCU. Um Yeah, MCU. The the original character was um conceived as like a reaction to, you know, like Bruce Lee being really cool back in the day. Um and he was conceived as the son of Fu Manchu. So uh Oh my god, what? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how um, the movie kind of recontextualizes that narrative, um, especially because, you know, the director, Destin Daniel Crichton, is also of Asian descent. So I know that stuff is on his mind. Something that I just got that, announced uh, this past week is he's actually in self-quarantine because of coronavirus. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, I, I just I just heard about it yesterday. Yeah. So uh, coronavirus screwing everything up for us. Um, yeah, we don't know if it's going to we don't know if the movie's going to come out in time cuz they're aiming for February. Uh but we shall see. Yeah. A lot of things are getting pushed back like Fast and the Furious. I know. It's uh it's a bummer. Um Mulan's getting pushed back as well. Um the Disney live action version of it. Like all sports are over. They've all been suspended. I'm not a sports person, but I can understand because <laughs> 
because I'm waiting for the BTS tour to be canceled. Oh. But uh, of course, it's it's just a matter of is the venue going to cancel first first for financial reasons and i don't really want to get into the boring crap but (laughs) but i understand Uh, (laughs) yeah let's not get into the weeds let's just uh, everyone knows that this coronavirus is affecting our daily lives and uh, we all should take it seriously i think that's the most important thing yes speaking of uh Movie adaptations. Um, Riz Ahmed is now attached to executive produce and star in the film adaptation of Mohsen Hamid's novel Exit West, which is a past Books and Boba book pick. The Russo Brothers' AGBO Productions bought the rights to the novel back in August 2017. Netflix and the Obama's Higher Ground Productions are now on board to help produce. Jan Demange, who helmed White Boy Rick and 71, is being considered as director. This is interesting. I'm interested to see how they take this because um, for those of you who remember Exit West, it's a book about the refugee experience in uh, the Middle East with lots of magical realism. Yeah, I think Riz Ahmed is like a definite like good choice in in someone to uh, help produce and star in this uh, star in this adaptation. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting parts here like you have the russo brothers who worked on avengers endgame and then you have the uh, obama production company who worked on the documentary american factory and then you have jan demange who uh like i think white boy rick starred matthew mcconaughey and it was kind of like a like a heist movie or or no white boy rick is a it's a crime movie about like the first crime movie yeah it's like the youngest crime kingpin or something well yeah like i said this is a very uh interesting ensemble of producers and 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 creatives so I'm, i'm hoping that it's good but it's always hard to tell um, but the fact that they have Riz Ahmed on there is definitely like a good sign, in my opinion. Yeah. And we have one last piece of news. I'm, I'm going to let you take this because I think, um, I don't know. Are you are you into the Babysitter's Club? Were you into them? No, not really. <laughs> I, think, I think I read like maybe two or three books growing up, but mm. I don't really remember it all that much. Um, but yeah, like Seventeen magazine, they revealed the cast of Netflix's adaptation of The Babysitter's Club. And uh, this time around, um, actress Mamona Tamada, who is Japanese-Canadian, will be playing Claudia Kishi. And uh, this is what she told the magazine in her short uh, interview with them. I definitely related to Claudia a lot growing up. I always leaned towards the creative side of school, and when I read the books, because she's a Japanese-American character and because I'm Japanese-Canadian, I definitely got to see myself in the series, which was a first because there weren't really many Asian characters that I could read about when I was younger. So, um... Yeah. Yeah. I guess the biggest news is that they're making the Babysitter's Club into a live-action series, which I think I might have known about, but wasn't really top of mind. So it was really cool to see when they released the cast photos. Yeah, um, the release date hasn't been announced yet, but we do know that it's a 10-episode series, and it's each episode's going to be half-hour. So, um, yeah, yeah, like relatively short series. But I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, they got the styling down, like, 
It's it is on point. So do you so, think it'll take uh, place in the nineties or is it gonna take place in present day? It it looks like it's taking place in the nineties, just judging by what Claudia uh, Mamona is wearing. But to be her, fair, nineties fashion is making a comeback in twenty twenty. So uh yeah, but it's like real nineties. <laughs> like like early nineties, like not quite past the eighties yet nineties, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, we have a lot of friends like Angry Asian Man and Sarah Coon, uh, who are like really into the babysitters club. So they've been really, really excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning more about it as it comes closer to launch. And maybe we'll get um, some people together to um, talk about Babysitter's Club because that, that was and still is a seminal moment for a lot of um, like writers and creatives in our industry. So Yeah. And with that, I guess that does it for our book deals and news for the month of March. Um, Rira, thank you once again for putting together this list and um, doing the work of letting us know what's coming up. Like Rira said, it's a really important time right now to support authors, especially those with books coming out in the next few months because of the um, disruptions in their promotional schedule. Um, so Rira, as someone in the um book industry um what are some ways that we can help authors out um if it's a book that has not come out yet pre-orders are definitely a big um contributor to uh boosting sales um it also like helps the publisher know that there is a demand for it so it helps with printing um your independent bookstores around your area um a lot of them do sell ebooks so that is one way to purchase books without uh having contact with anybody um and also a lot of bookstores now they're doing free shipping um to help with sales so if you are interested in buying like a hardcover or paperback copy of a book that you've been wanting to read uh check with your store uh see if they do free shipping uh, they might have other um, other benefits. They might be doing giveaways. So uh, make sure to follow your local bookstores, Twitter, Instagram. That's like a good way to stay updated. Um, there's also newsletters. Um, and then if you are someone who likes to write book reviews, like that really helps authors uh, with their sales. So make sure to write book reviews on Amazon, on Goodreads, like, do crossover posts. Um, yeah, like there are a lot of ways to support um, authors and bookstores in this in this dire time. Um, we'll definitely play our part and try to get as much coverage for for books that are coming out this month. So yeah, yeah. And on that note, I guess I'll also do it for this episode of Books and Boba. Um, a quick reminder that our March 2020 book club pick is The Map of Salt and Stars by Zane Jokadar. So we'll be discussing that book at our episode at the end of the month. Um, so if you have been reading along with us or you have already finished the book and want to share some thoughts, um, please let us know on our Goodreads forums. Um, we always love to hear what you have to say. Um, and on that note, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please let people know about it. Um, we get a lot of our listeners through word of mouth, um, and it's always great to see so many people support the podcast. So um, your help is very much appreciated. And yeah, with that, Rira, um, please stay safe. You too. And um, I will talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.
Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yuan and me, Ryu, and edited and produced by Marvin Yuan. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. You can learn more about our fellow Potluck Podcasts, such as, first of all, they call us Boost and Saturday School, by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Brian, did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 